Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. This is what I want. This is what I need. Today's podcast is a conversation with period educator Melina from Blooming Periods. During our chat today, we talk about the importance and also the actuality of how to have conversations with our children about the menstrual cycle and why it's so incredibly important that we do this because it is the more ease we have surrounding these conversations, the more ease we're going to have as our children grow with tricky conversations, but also just the more ease they're going to have in life in understanding the other people that they have relationships with as they get older too. So we touch on those age-appropriate ways to have the conversations, whether or not we should sit down and have one big conversation or whether it's a series of little ones. We talk about some of the signs to keep an eye out for if you do have a little one in your house who may be getting a period soon, just so that we can be across that. We talk about the most common period products. We talk about bringing dads into the conversation as well, and also just our own relationship with our cycle and why that matters and how that impacts the way that we have these conversations. I really enjoyed my time chatting with Melina and I hope you enjoy this conversation. It would mean a lot to me if you take a screenshot of this one, pop it up on your stories and tag us in that story. You can tag me at Kylie Camps, you can tag Melina at Blooming Periods and then we can share that as well. The more parents, especially, that hear these types of conversation, I think the better. If you have someone in your life who you think would really benefit from this, please do go ahead and send this episode to them as a resource. All right, let's get into my chat with Melina. Melina, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to have these conversations with me. I've been really, really looking forward to it. Thank you, Kylie. I'm so excited to get into this with you today. How did you find yourself in the position of being a period educator? Like what led you to this career? Yeah, that's a good question because it took me by surprise as well. (laughs) So um, I went through all of my 20s basically on the pill, very disconnected from my body, Um, had a lot of issues with my body and didn't realize it was a pill doing that to my body. Um, But then, you know, I came off the pill with my husband, now husband, and we fell pregnant three months after that. So little surprise, had no idea what was happening. Um, so she's now 14, nearly 15, my oldest daughter, and I since had two more children. So I had three under three and a half crazy oh times. <laughs> 
but you know, during those times, I went from the pill to pregnancy and breastfeeding for four years. So again, still very completely disconnected from my cycle. And after my third child, I had a bit of a um, awakening, I, I, I guess you could say, with my menstrual cycle and a bit of a, a healing process to um, learn about it. And then as my daughter, my oldest daughter got older, she got to about eight or nine and I hadn't spoken about periods. I didn't speak about periods with any of my family, didn't grow up speaking about periods. And part of this awakening was learning about my menstrual cycle and just how powerful it is once I tuned into it. And my mind blew, basically. And I got to the point where I got actually pissed off that I hadn't been taught this information from much younger times and not from anyone's fault. Like our parents weren't taught how to talk about this either. It was all hush-hush. It was all hush-hush, yes. And my conversation with my mother lasted about five minutes and included a warning about being with my grandfather. So it was very confusing for me. And then apart from that, I didn't actually live with my mum. I lived with my father, three older brothers, very masculine home. No and wonder yeah. there weren't many period-friendly conversations. <laughs> no, no, and, and the younger sister. So, you know, my dad was the first person I, I told that I had my period. Um, so anyway, I got to this point where I was pissed off and I thought I cannot have my daughters not knowing about their bodies and not understanding really what is being feminine and how our cycle works for us. So I went on a mission <laughs> to really consciously change the way I spoke in my own home. I started speaking. I started telling them when I had my period. I started inviting them to, you know, be a little bit more quiet when I needed them to be a bit more quiet. Um, I started talking even with my husband about it because previous to that, you know, I remember once leaving my cup in the shower and he was not impressed. <laughs> but now after speaking about it, you know, for many years, he's fine with that. You know, it's it took me by surprise, his reaction too. But, you know, it's there's a lot of appeasing other people and tiptoeing around things that we need to let go of. So, you know, from that point, I started talking to my friends about this idea that I had that I could teach other young girls because I saw that there was a real gap there. And they were, they were my friends like, yes, please, I need, I need help too. So yeah, it developed from there. And um, I've been running workshops now since the beginning of 2019. I've had many mothers, many, some stepmoms, some aunties, some sisters come through the workshops. Um, and it's been a revelation, I think, to have conversations in homes that couldn't have been had before. So yeah, that's, in a nutshell, how I got to be here. Yeah. And there's like much needed conversations because as you said, our cycle, we didn't say exactly, but our cycle is integral to how we show up in the world. And I can relate and I can imagine that anger that you felt to be like, oh my gosh, how have I not been told about this really important compass that's within me that yeah. dictates so much of my experience here on earth? Why have I not been walked through this? And I think it's a really exciting time right now 
that so many people are willing to understand their cycle and are willing to have these conversations with their kids and make it much more of a, oh yes, like an everyday conversation. It's not a taboo topic like it was, I don't think, 30, 40 years ago, I imagine. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's so important. And I can understand your girlfriends cheering you on saying, yes, we need this. Because when I've spoken about periods on social media, I have so many women reach out to me and say, but how? How do you have that conversation with your little boys? And I guess that's just reflective of their upbringing. You know, if it wasn't a common conversation, it's going to feel almost shameful. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think we um, are dealing with a lot of shame ourselves and we need to, as mother, I see this all the time in my workshops with mothers who come in, dealing with their own shame. And we don't even know it's there. We don't even know it exists. Why does it exist? And that's such a big question. I think because a lot of it, I think it's a lot of it stems from our first period and the hush hush, like you said, there's very, it's either hush hush, we don't talk about it, or there's a lot of confusion. So, um, you know, for, for, for me, who, for mothers like my age, so I'm mid 40s, our experiences were often very quiet. Here's a book, here's a box of pads, this is what you do. That was it until you got your, you know, you, you might have got your period and they celebrated it but then didn't talk about it again. And there's a lot of confusion around, well, should I be happy about this or should I not talk about this? It's a very confusing time. And with rites of passage, as the first period is in that time around your first period, the time leading up to and for a couple of years after, how you go into that rite of passage is how you see yourself in society as a woman. So if you're coming through confused, you know, you're going to go into your teen years as well, confused about where women sit in society or where a female with a period sits in society. And I think it all stems from there. So, you know, with more open conversations, particularly with like for yourself with young boys, that really is reducing the shame and the stigma a lot. So, you know, congratulations to you for for speaking about this with your boys in a normal manner, like any kind of bodily function. It's just a normal process. One of the questions that I had come through was, how do you have these conversations without being awkward with your kids? And I had to really think about it. And I think because I've never felt awkward about it, myself as an adult, yes, as a teenager, we can come back to that sort of our first period experience. But as an adult, I see it as a, it's a matter of fact, and it's so important to me. And like you, when I finally understood my cycle and I'm not an expert on it, but I understand it so much more than I did 10 years ago. I was like, wow, this is a breakthrough. This is amazing to actually know myself. And I really do talk about it with the boys as casually as I talk about what I'm putting in their lunchbox. Yes. You know, they will say, I'll say to them, I'm due for my period. So I'm going to be a little crankier today. I might need this, that from da, 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 talk to about, talk to them about it. Or I might say, I've got my period. Could you please step out of the bathroom? I'm going to put a tampon in. Like I'll really talk to them about it. Like it's commonplace. And in turn, they don't have any awkwardness around it 
at all. Yes, it's a really, it's yes. a really nice thing to see. But um, it's I think, interesting. Uh, yeah, I think that I think a lot of awkwardness also comes from the the thought that to talk about periods means means you have to talk about sex, and that periods oh, that means having babies, and babies means we have to have a sex conversation. When, and see, I talk about sex with the boys. I was going to say all the time, but we don't talk about it all the time, but we've had that conversation. Um, yes. And again, there's no awkwardness around yeah. that either. Like funnily enough, one of my boys and they're eight, they're nearly nine. He said to me not long ago, mom, can you and Brendan not have sex? Because I really don't want you to have a baby just yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like over dinner. Can you guys just not have sex? And I thought this is so funny um, how at ease they are with yes. that phraseology but yes. that makes sense if you're awkward about explaining sex then yeah you're probably going to feel awkward about explaining periods too mm. and what I say about that is to reframe it because our period is our menstrual cycle and our menstrual cycle is an indication of a healthy female body so if we're looking at like you say just how a body functions how you know what is an what is a healthy female body that's, that's where we can start. And it comes, you know, it's like it's, it is relatable to what you're putting in their lunchbox because a healthy body is also what you eat. So, you know, there is relatability there. Yeah, absolutely. What age do you think that we should begin having conversations about menstrual cycles with kids? I think if we start normalising our own cycle as early as possible, that's a good place to start. Now, as I mentioned, I didn't. So I know for, for women that haven't, that's, you know, you are thinking, oh my gosh, where do I start? Now I've got a, probably a social ex experiment in my own family because I, you know, I made the effort to have the conversation with my oldest daughter, probably when she was maybe, you know, 10, and, 10 or 11 is when I really started to talk about it which I think personally now is a bit late because you know some girls do get their period at nine but for me that's where I was that's where I had to you know that it was yeah you where can I only was. start where you are yes but at the same time my youngest daughter was about six so she was learning the same as my oldest daughter and factually she just took everything in and went okay and you know so it's it's all very relative to what their brain understands and you know again I related it to a healthy female body what a what a female body does so there wasn't necessarily any sex talk if they asked about it if they asked about the baby and you know I, I gave them the information that was um, age appropriate to them um, but yeah, I think if we just start normalizing our own cycle and period as, as early as possible. Now, if we don't have a cycle, if we don't have a period for whatever oh, yes, reason. Yes, of course, for people yeah. who might be on birth control or whatnot. Yes, yes. We still are cyclical. So, you know, you can talk about times when you're feeling a lot lower and that you might need a little bit of rest. So I think honoring the cycle, even though we aren't bleeding, is a still a very important um, part to to include and can be a place to start for those women who don't have a period. If someone is on birth control and I'm a little bit ignorant on the topic of birth control for my own experience because I've never been on it, but if someone is taking the pill, for example, 
do they have that cyclical drop? Because I guess my understanding was with the synthetic hormones, they were kind of coast. I'm moving my hand along. Yeah. <laughs> people can't see this because it's a podcast, <laughs> Kylie. But, you know, my understanding was kind of people are just cruising along in that flat line and they don't have that cycle yes. as much as they would. On the birth Otherwise. control, that that is correct. Yes. Yeah. So if you're on um, the marina, if you've had a hysterectomy and still have your ovaries, if you're on um, what else? If there's, I'm just trying to think of other examples. Those are probably I mean, the, the main injection. Tip. The injection, yeah. Where you're still kind of ovulating, then definitely you you are cyclical. If you are on the birth control pill, that does flatten things a lot more. So that, that is a little bit trickier. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I just, I think just being aware of your energy around that time, um, around any time that you're feeling a bit lower. Um, another thing you can do is use the phases of the moon as your, as your guide point. So the full moon is your ovulation yeah, and the new moon is your bleed time. Um, if you want to kind of cycle track without a period, you can use that. That's a good idea. For when we are beginning to have conversations with kids that are perhaps five or six, even younger, do you suggest sitting them down and having a conversation or do you suggest it more being like just casual information, you know, such as, um, you know, they might be in the bathroom with you while you're going to the bathroom and might notice that there's blood when you're using the toilet or something like that. And you can say, oh, that's just my period without having a big conversation. Or do you think... Like I guess my question is what way would you go about it with a really young child? So, again, I think normalising what is normal for you and you can even leave like you leave your products around so they can ask a question. Um, but one of the first things I recommend is for, for women to prepare themselves to have conversations. So I would recommend asking yourself how you want your daughter to feel about her body and her period once a period comes and why you want her to feel that way do you want her to you know many of us went through particularly teen years hating hating our period dreading our period but I don't want that for my daughters I understand that she might but I don't want that for her so I want to role model for her a woman who uses her cycle to her, um, you know, to empower herself. So, you know, um, role modeling what that is um, in you as well. So as well as asking those two questions of what you want for her, ask also how you feel about your own period yourself, excuse me, how you feel about your own period yourself and why you feel that way. So again, is this something that happened around your first period that made you not like your period? Is there something that you, you might have experienced, you know, abnormalities, you might have endometriosis, there might be things around your period that you don't like, but you don't want to pass on those negative feelings to your daughter. So assessing all of that first as well, I think is really important. And then I think it's really important to have lots of little ongoing conversations. And the reason why I think this is because periods is the start of many awkward conversations that you will likely have to have with your child as they grow up. So, you know, I've got two teenagers now and my youngest is 11 
and you know we're having conversations around pornography around consent around heartbreak around lots of topics that um again i think if you've normalized periods and normalized sex conversations these conversations come come much easier but yeah lots of little conversations along the way means that you're an open door as well they can come to you whenever wherever um in in any way possible so yeah I mean there will be times where you'll need to sit down and explain a lot more explain the process explain you know how you use a pad or a tampon or whatever there will be bigger conversations in there but using the bigger conversations in amongst a lot of smaller conversations is what I would recommend Yeah, that's such good advice. And I think to just letting your kids know that they can ask you questions and come back to it. It doesn't have to be a one and done conversation that I think so many of us have experienced. When I think of my own experience with my first period, it was very much like, oh, yes, cool. You've got your period. I'm in the middle of between two girls. My mum was always very open talking about her period. Like it wasn't a taboo topic at all in our house. But still, I didn't have that education on what it actually meant. I just knew that roughly once a month, I would have some stomach pains, be uncomfortable, not be able to go to pool parties. Um, that was kind of my my depth of understanding. So I love that advice for listeners to really get clear on what they want their cycle to mean to them before imparting advice on our children because yeah we can easily pass on you know our negative experiences of being like oh you know it's a real it's a real drainer that I've got my period it's a real inconvenience or we can acknowledge that yes sometimes there are inconvenient things that come along with it but it is the sign of a healthy body and it is a reason to celebrate and we can understand how to use our cycle in a way that's going to empower us in all areas of life. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, exactly. And I like that you brought up the language because I think language is really important. The way that we speak about our period is what is going to be instilled subconsciously within them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Is there any difference in the way that you would talk about periods with boys versus girls as they're growing up? Um, there, there are some things. I generally, so I've got a son who's in the middle of two um, and, and he knows all about periods. Um, but I guess there's deeper things that I go into with my daughter. You know, I am asking her about her um, cervical mucus. I'm asking her those kind of things. So, you know, with my son, I'm not so much going to, speak about that but I absolutely um talk to him like I tell all of my family when I have my own period um I'm often saying to him you know you know when you've got females around you you need to be aware of 
um, their cycle and aware of their energy levels as well. So in terms of that, I, I don't distinguish, distinguish any um, difference between my son and my, my daughters. And what about bringing dads into the conversation? How important yeah. is that? That's very important, very important. And I think because, you know, as mothers, we're not always around. Sometimes we're busy. Sometimes, you know, there might be a, particularly if um, there's single parents involved and you have shared custody, um, particularly then, I think it's really important that a father knows um, uh, just that they have their support as well. Because what can happen to once a girl gets her first period, sometimes the father can look at the the daughter in a different light. They're no longer the little child that they had and they're dealing with things. And this, I think, comes back to um, the father's view on women as well. But he needs to be really supportive of what the daughter is going through. And I think as mothers, again, we can role model that. We can we need to help our have our fathers and our men understand that as well because it's a very big learning process for them. Like I mentioned, my husband went from not liking the, the side of a cup to being okay with it. And actually now he will come to me, he's in sales, and he will say, oh, I had a conversation with one of the um, receptionists in my customers about her daughter and endometriosis I'm like where did that come from (laughs) (laughs) so you know I think definitely including them just to just to show our our daughters just you know they're going to go on to have male partners or colleagues or whatever so that gives them again a role model of what they can have in a man that supports them being cyclical Yeah. And I feel like that should just be the base level. Like it's almost like the bar is on the floor. If we're going to get excited that they understand our cycle, like they really like the next generation, I would hope of males does understand the cycle and realize that women are living in this world that's built for a male cycle, not so much a female cycle. And to really, really understand that to the best of their ability. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just on that, so a male cycle goes for 24 hours. This is like something that I will scream until yeah. the day I die because I didn't know this till I was in my 30s. I had a guest on the podcast, an incredible guest, and she said that to me. She's like, you know, we've really got to understand we're living in a world that was built for a man's cycle. And then mm. we dug deep and she explained a male has a 24-hour cycle. So I talk mm-hmm. to the kids about this all the time and that you little toads will have the exact same cycle for 24 hours, whereas we're on this 28-day ride. Yes, and they okay. get to sleep when they're meant to be, you know, yes. when we would be bleeding, they're sleeping. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I explained that to my husband uh, one time because I was – you know, I'd pushed myself. I was having my period. I was fed up with the house being a mess and I pushed myself to clean every inch of the house, which I wouldn't normally do. And I said to him, I can't keep doing this because this is like, you would be, I explained that process. And he sat there and and looked at me and said, we'll just stop then. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's easy yes. for that. Yes. yes, that's such a male response. Well, here's yeah. the solution. It's like, yeah, that's so the solution simple, for this five-minute period. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. But again, the fact that I didn't know that till my 30s is wild to me. Mm-hmm. And so that's why mm-hmm. I feel so passionate about telling and talking to our children about this because we can have conversations about equality and we certainly have a lot of those in our household. And then the boys can sort of get caught in the weeds of going, well, a man and a woman, we're, we're the same. No, 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 we're not the same. We're equal, but we're not the same. And you need to understand some of the ways that we are not experiencing sameness. We're not operating in the same world. So I think that's, yeah, really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned earlier, Melina, that some little girls are starting their period as young as nine. Or even eight, Simon. Eight. Yeah. Why does that happen? Why does it happen earlier for some and later for others? It is starting to get earlier and earlier and there's been a number of things that have shown. So there's I've, I've looked into some studies around this. One really interesting study linked fluoride in water to earlier puberty I know. I was like, wow. So, and this was based in, I think it was based in New York City. Um, Yes, which blew my mind. Um, I think a lot of it also is the additional toxins and chemicals um, that we're exposed to can bring on puberty earlier. And there is something called, I've actually forgotten the name of it, but it's a, it's where they got, do go through puberty much earlier, which actually has detrimental effects later on. But, you know, I think we're exposed to so much more that mimic estrogen. So when we, you know, estrogen is um, the hormone that tells our ovaries to ovulate and there's so much that mimic estrogen that our body takes on as estrogen and, you know, I think that plays a big part in, in earlier uh, puberty. It's interesting because I remember when I was a teenager hearing conversations just in the zeitgeist about how teenagers were having bigger breasts because of the hormones in chickens. Like it's, yeah. it sounds like it's kind of almost that sort of thing, like a continuation of like there's hormones in our foods, it's the chemicals that we're exposed to. Like that's just so fascinating. Yeah, if you, I, if, so there's something like 85,000 extra additional um, chemicals and toxins that have been introduced into our society since the 50s, 85,000. And, you know, if you think of plastics, how are, everything is in plastic now. So plastic releases, especially in heat. So if you're drinking bottled water that has been exposed to heat, that leaches into the being water. Being left in the car. Being left in, yeah, exactly. You know, your shampoos and conditioners, your um, everything that we clean with. It's I'm just going to push food. my pump water bottle far to the side there that I've been drinking out of. Pretend you didn't see yeah. that, Melina. <laughs> we're, we're here. I drink out. You know, we're human. We're, there's, I think, but it's, it's important just to be aware of of these things so it's you know there, there's a lot in our foods and our drink it like the tap water so making sure we have filtered water um lots of things beauty products foods plastics um so many things so trying to reduce the number you know we can't eliminate it because it's all around but being aware of and reducing those those things will not only help with during puberty but also in the first stages of our um, bleeding where excess estrogen can be an issue 
and also towards the end around perimenopause where excess estrogen or excess estrogen can be an issue in any phase but particularly those times when we don't have as much progesterone to balance it out. I imagine you go into this during the workshops a lot more as well and people can really sort of get into the weeds of it. I I touch on this um I think, you know, as we're learning, we might not want to, it might be a bit much to take on, um, but I, I definitely touch on these on, on these things about using more natural products and, and not drinking tap water, um, but this will be something that I do go into, particularly with my um, subscription box for teens when, they're, when they've already got their cycle, yeah. Amazing. It's also interesting, and you raise a good point of not wanting to overwhelm people with too much information because there's already so much to take on I imagine too and I'm certainly no scientist or no doctor but I imagine there's just a biological and physiological reaction as well that happens for some people it's just unfortunate if some eight-year-olds start their period sooner rather than earlier yeah, it can be, and it can There's be, got to be really an element tough. that's out of our control. I imagine. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I think it's um, I, I think it's a, a sign of the times, but it can be really, really difficult. Um, so at the average age of the first period is still around that kind of twelve, just over twelve years old, um, but they they are noticing it earlier. And I've had many girls through the workshops that you know have started at nine or ten. Um, which it can be really difficult, particularly with schooling. You know, that can be really hard, particularly so when... So little. Yes, yeah, so little. Friends might not know about it. Friends might not understand what's happening. The school might not be set up to, you know, have even bins in the toilets or let the girls leave to change a pad or access their bag. There's a lot to navigate when they're, when they're that little. So, you know, I do have resources for parents to help with that, to, you know, communicate with schools and get get schools on board. For parents that are raising daughters, what are some things that we should keep our eyes open? Like what are some of the symptoms that perhaps our, our children are about to experience their first period? Yeah, so I've got this little saying that <laughs> makes it nice and easy and I talk to the girls about this as well. So the first one, it goes pubes, boobs, Oh, I said that wrong. Boobs, pubes, grow, flow. So the the first sign is boobs. So they start to develop breast buds. So that's the hard under the nipples. So that's completely normal. So I was talking to my daughter about my 11-year-old about this yesterday when she first started getting her breast buds. She was like, oh, my gosh, I've got breast cancer because there are hard Hard. lumps under the nipples. So that's a normal um, Yes. So they have the the breast buds, which then slowly develop into breasts. Then they start um, developing pubic hair. So firstly around that pubic region and then later on under the arms. Then they'll go through a, bit, a big growth spurt. So the year before they will start their period, they can grow up to 10 centimetres or even a little bit more. So yeah, big, big growth spurt. And girls will nearly be at their full adult height once they get their period. They'll only grow on average about seven centimetres after their their, um, their first period. So once they have their first period, their growth plates all start to slowly close over. So you're looking out for a big growth spurt and then flow, they start their period from there. 
That's such helpful information. And I'm sitting here nodding because one of my girlfriends, um, she got her period very young. And then in the next breath, she said to me, and I've also been the same height since I was nine as well. And I didn't realize that there was that actual correlation. I thought perhaps that was more coincidence. But yeah, that's really fascinating to know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what it's a good, of- a good sign to, a good way to, to look out for when, for when that period's coming. Yeah, it's a handy little saying to keep in mind for sure. What are the most popular period, I guess, products right now? Because when I was growing up, it was either a pad or a tampon. And I remember thinking tampons were just the scariest thing ever mm-hmm. for years. Like I was mm-hmm. so scared to use a tampon. But what what are you seeing as like the popular go-to product now? So definitely um, disposable pads are still a really um, really popular product to start with. And I think for me personally, I think they are a, an important one to start with, particularly because um, a girl can see her period. So she can get a, a gauge of when she needs to change. She can get a gauge of how what her flow looks like and start to get um, familiar with what her period is. Um, now, one of the things that I was again blew my mind quite I don't really want to use the word disgusted but shocked with when I was because I've been a cup user for over a decade so when I was looking into products for my own girls to use I didn't I couldn't believe that most of the products available to us contain four plastic bags and one packet of pads there's so much plastic in normal pads it's, they take they take up to 500 to 800 years to break down one pad wow yes so I know I was shocked so I went on a hunt for biodegradable um, and sustainable organic pads so now we have access to pads that are that do break down much much quicker so um, a brand in Melbourne based brand called suno is a um, bamboo bra- um, bamboo um, pads that break down and Love Luna also have pads that break down within 180 days so much much quicker so there's no plastic they're organic they're bamboo really really soft as well so you're looking out for organic again because you don't want those chemicals to near us and sustainable so biodegradable pads um, and then there's period underwear which is amazing I love them. And the girls, so in the workshop, we look at all the products. They get to try them out. They get to, you know, see how they work. We do little samples of things. um, And the mums get to see them as well. So period underwear are great. Again, reusable. So you're not, they're not so hard on the environment. You're not throwing away a lot of um, products. Um, And they also hold a lot more than a normal pad. So a pad might hold, you know, five mils, of blood where um, a period underwear can hold up to four times that, three to four times that amount. So they could potentially go a whole school day with just the underwear. One thing I do recommend is, particularly when they're starting, is to wear a pad with the underwear so they can go with a pad in the underwear when they need to change that. They can just remove the pad, um, put that in the bin, and then they've got their underwear on for the rest of the day this can be particularly helpful if they do go to primary school where they might not be able to access their bag to get a change 
or um, you know they might not have pockets in their uniforms to put a pad Even just in the their sound pocket. of having to open another pad and put it in yeah. you know it, yeah. it just kind of streamlines the process I guess yeah exactly now one thing which is going which is fantastic is I believe in New South Wales Victorian and Queensland schools they are going to have um, products available in the schools I'm not sure when that that comes out and I'm not sure if it also includes primary schools or just high schools but you know that's another great thing that's happening um so yeah definitely period underwear and the um the pads would be the way to go for when you're starting and you know many many girls are also like you they're very it's very confronting seeing the tampons and you know I also show cups and they're like oh what is this but you know I say I tell the girls I had the same experience that you did at 30 when I found out about cups <laughs> I was like what is this but you know that's okay it's okay to have any kind of reaction but then you can get curious and then you can when things feel like you might be interested you know you can explore it then but just knowing that as an option um, down the line and you might never choose to that's fine as well there's no right and wrong around any of it absolutely and I think that's such such great and helpful advice particularly about using a pad first so that as you're beginning to understand your period, you can realize, oh, okay, it starts to change color towards the end, or I can see that my flow is tapering off, that sort of stuff. Because yeah, if you go straight to period undies, you might miss that. So that's helpful. Yeah. Now you mentioned that you have your subscription box for teenagers. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So again, so having worked with the tweens, And then seeing my own daughter um, going through the first couple of years of her period, hearing from mothers who had come through the workshops when their daughters did get their period about what they can do next. Um, Because sometimes, particularly if the girl is younger, they can kind of back off from the mum when they first get their period. They can, there's a little bit of a, I don't know if it's an awkwardness or there's, uh, it can be really hard for girls when they first start their period. Their body is doing something that they have no control over. And, you know, there's a lot to navigate. They don't know if what they're doing is normal, if it's okay. Um, So I wanted to support the mums and the girls around this through their teen years and really educate them on their cycle. So, you know, there's lots of books and there's um, lots of ways of, of doing this, but the way that I saw this education really work is through also providing girls their period products that they need, as well as some really um, fun, exciting treats <laughs> that they can receive at the time when their period is coming that makes them feel good about themselves. Well, so it all goes of, towards that celebration experience, doesn't it? And who yes. doesn't like receiving something in the mail? I know. I know. And, and opening, like who doesn't love watching an unboxing of stuff as well? Like you get to unbox stuff. So every month they'll get, they'll get um, either pads or tampons of whatever they're using plus some underwear so they'll have um, new underwear and new uh, 
uh, pads come in. They also receive some self-care products. So this might be like a deodorant or it might be some bath salts or lip balm or something that, again, is really hormone friendly. So it doesn't include any toxins. Is it going to increase that estrogen load? And also educating around um, around that, why we choose non-toxic products, which I'm also working with some fabulous small businesses around, you know, around Australia and supporting them and supporting each other, as well as some really nourishing treats. So, you know, some teas that might help with any kind of cramping or some hot chocolates or, you know, a Tim Tam or a chocolate or a cookie. Now, I want to add here, I went to try to find some healthy treats. And I have to say, I had no luck finding anything that was kind of palatable. Now, my kids were my testers and they were like, no, nah, I don't want this. They're, they're so, going to be ruthless, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I am going for chocolate and because we do, you know, that's what we kind of reach for and it's okay to have that every now and then. So, you know, there will be some treats in there as well, as well as, you know, some. so each month they'll receive an educational video on a particular topic to help them cycle track to help them understand their hormones um, to help them you know understand the phases of the cycle so each each um, month will come with this as well as a little live Q&A so I'm going to have a little um, uh, private group in Instagram where um, if they've got any questions I can come and answer those questions for them in there. What an amazing, amazing service you're offering. I wish that I had that available as a teenager, even as someone who was very close with her mum and could ask questions. I think you're right. Sometimes you want to retreat and just kind of get through it on your own. But how nice to have something arrive to your doorstep that actually speaks to what you're going through. Mm. It's, it's amazing. Where can people sign up for this? So this is on bloomingperiods.co or in Instagram, um, bloomingperiods. You can come and follow me there. And I I just wanted to add there too, I do see this being a mother-daughter thing as well. So when they get the the informational, the educational videos, that they watch it together so they can, you know, learn together as well. Beautiful. Thank you so much for spending some time sharing your wisdom on the topic. You mentioned your Instagram. It is at Blooming Periods. Is that right? That's right. Yes. Perfect. I'll put that in the show links so that uh, show notes, excuse me, so that people can find you and also learn more about your workshops and your subscriptions. But again, thank you so much for having this conversation. My pleasure. Thank you so much. This is what I want. Is what I need If you don't have to go I can set you free Are you gonna make a move? Are you gonna come and see? Whatever you wanna do You know what's cool with me Whisper in the dark Whispers in the dark You come to play, don't you? Looking for something new I got a
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 